Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Matthew chapter number 4, verses 12 to 17. Our subject today is seeing a great light in a dark place. Seeing a great light in a dark place. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put into prison, he departed to Galilee, and leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulon and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region and the shadow of death, light has dawned. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Father, I pray you bless your people today. I come against darkness in Jesus' name this morning. And I pray that a great light would shine where darkness can no longer dwell. I pray as we sang in worship earlier that there is no life that cannot be restored, but I pray for restoration to come. Father, you have filled this room. Now you're about to fill minds and you are about to fill hearts today. You're about to fill it all. I call upon your name in Jesus' name. Amen. One more time, let's give God some audible praise. Come on, hallelujah. He's so good. He is just so good. Yes, he is. I uh, sometimes have a good memory, but sometimes it can be a little short. That was a joke. You can laugh. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes I, I forget what I'm supposed to be doing, where I'm going. I forget. I walk into a room. I'm like, what am I doing in here? What, was, what am I supposed to be doing? And some of you laugh because you're the same way. But uh, my family sometimes make jokes about me because I just remember old family stories. And I just remember stories about things that have happened in this church and even can recall sometimes conversations I've had with some of you 10, 12, even 20 years ago, things we talked about and things that we did. And uh, probably because I like to journal. I like to write about events and things that I want to remember. And I just love stories. And... Um, I don't know, the past three or four months, I've just been thinking a lot about the old church. Anybody here from the old church? I'm talking about 720 South Richmond. That's the old church. And some of you go back to the 40th and Harrison days. That's the old, old, old church. And uh, that old church in 720 South Richmond, that's where I grew up. That is where I learned how to praise the Lord and learn how to get good preaching in my heart and come down to the altar and pray and, and just uh, learned how to walk with God there. And I remember some of the things that happened as a child that have stuck with me to this day. I can remember powerful moves of God where we would start on Sunday night at 6 p.m. And some of us wouldn't walk out of there until 10 p.m. Thankfully, the pizza restaurant stayed open late for us, you know, to go there and get dinner, all of that. But I remember how great God would just flow and how his spirit would just move and we would 
do things and have good systems and good things in order. But there was one Sunday morning that came that messed everything up. And I think the power went out on the entire block of Richmond. Just all of the lights went. We were up there practicing music. The lights went down. All the Sunday school rooms, all of the classes, the sanctuary, no power was on. Lost all the power on the block. Well, this is before Facebook. This is before Twitter and Instagram and websites. And we had no way to communicate to everybody that the power is down. We're not certain what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and try to have church. Whatever, you know, you just, when, when you don't have light in your, in your building, you don't have power, you know, it's like everything shuts down and everything goes wrong, right? Right? So people started coming to church. And I remember some of our ushers getting together, and back then everybody had a big old flashlight, about as big as a gallon of milk. You know, you remember those old flashlights with those rubber click buttons? I mean, everybody had one. I remember Brother Tinsley had one, Brother Clarkson had one, Floyd Russell had one, Brother Parmley had one, so many men in this church, and you probably were there and remember this. They all got out their flashlights. This is before we had flashlights on our phones. And everybody had those flashlights, and as people were coming in, they explained the situation. But they said, we know where you sit because everybody sat in the same place Sunday after Sunday there, right? And uh, the ushers and uh, just the, the men that were there with those flashlights led people right down to their seats. And to our shock, the place filled up in the dark. And Bishop got up there with a flashlight and he said, I'm going to go ahead and preach to you. And to my shock, even up there with a little flashlight and a microphone going over his notes, people were still clapping their hands. People were still on their feet. I think we baptized that Sunday. People got the Holy Ghost. Because just because the electricity went off doesn't mean God's power went off. Just because the light in the building went down doesn't mean the light of God went down. I'm telling you, he can move on your darkest days. He can move on your most inconvenience of days. He can move when you've got a flat tire. He can move when there's a fire. He can move when there is sickness. He can move when there is death. Hallelujah. Because nobody can stop this Jesus. Hallelujah. If you believe in the powerful God, can you clap your hands unto him? Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. Woo. And I like to think we've got a little bit of a pattern going on here from back then in the early days of Bishop to what we have here. For some of you that were here two Sundays ago, it was uh, Installation Sunday. And I was back there in Discipleship One teaching the Word of God to some of our precious new believers. And you heard it, if you were here, the fire alarms and the sirens and the lights started going off. I was so impressed with Discipleship One. Those sirens were going off. All of them just kind of looked up and folded their arms and just kept listening to the Word of God. They didn't even move. We got some disciples, amen, that aren't afraid of nothing here in the house of God, amen. I like that. That's faith. And I mean, there was commotion from here to the classrooms, whatever, and thank you, all of you that responded right and going outside. Come to find out, we don't have a problem with the fire alarm. It's, if anything, it's too sensitive. And some of our uh, sprinkler heads or whatever, because of the rain, there might be a little leak or something, thought one of the sprinklers was going off, and that's why it sounded, and we're trying to work it out. It's kind of turned into a big ordeal, but we're getting it taken care of, praise the Lord. Amen. But I just am so thankful. I walked out there. There was about seven or eight guys huddled around that, that, uh, that screen back there and pushing buttons and eight of them trying to figure it out, trying to help us to have church. Thank you, men, that were there to do that and try to solve a problem. 
Right from the get-go, we've got men and women in this church, amen, that want to solve a problem so we can have church, amen. And as far as I know, nobody went home, but everybody stayed around and got back here in the house of God, amen, when everything was clear, amen. But you remember in worship, those blinking lights, I remember thinking, how is God going to move when all of this is going on? And I even went up to Bishop Bernard and I said, Bishop, did you ever have problems with this in your old church? And he said, oh, yes. And Sister Bernard leaned forward and she said, I could tell you so many stories. And I thought, am I in good company? He said, absolutely, you're in good company. And while we're praising the Lord, singing away, I could hear Bishop Gleason over there under his breath, God, shut down these lights right now. Shut down these lights. And then when about 30 seconds, those blinking lights quit. And hey. <laughs> so whether it's darkness or lights that we necessarily don't want, God can still move. He can still move. He's moving in this house right now. The prophet Isaiah, 800 years before the Lord Jesus Christ, prophesied and said, the people that dwell in Zebulon and Naphtali, the region called Galilee of the Gentiles, that one day they are going to fall in great darkness, so much so that not only are they going to walk in it, but they're even going to sit in it. But one day a light is going to come and drive out all of that darkness. Praise God. Isaiah warned them, don't make any covenants with the foreigners. Don't go after their witchcraft. Don't go after their pagan ideology. Don't let their culture and their ways affect your truth. Don't let what they do destroy the laws of the living God that you have followed. And he warned them that if you do, if you go after the mediums and the spiritists and go after their gods, that their kings will come and oppress you and rule over you, and you will have darkness like you cannot even imagine. Oh, if only Israel would have listened. If only they would have listened, but they didn't. And sure enough, the Babylonians came, the Assyrians came, the Greeks came, and the Romans came and greatly oppressed that region and that land. There was one man that stood up preaching a message. His name was John, and he had one message, repent. And he preached to the people that if you will change your ways, you will see God manifest in your life. Amen. He was down there in the south of Israel, not far from the Sea of Galilee in the desert, right next to a little stream of water called the Jordan. And he preached this message of repentance. And it was so intriguing and so catchy that people from everywhere throughout the land came to see this man who didn't have a nice suit, but just simply camel's hair. And he ate locusts and wild honey. That was his clothing. That was his food. And he preached and he taught. And people repented from that, for they believed in this great kingdom that would one day come from heaven. And to all those that were well off, they said, John, what shall we do? And he said, if you've got a little extra food, give to some that the, the, those that don't have. If you've got a little extra clothing, give it to some that don't have it. He told all of the tax collectors, you need to repent and not take more than what you should. He told the soldiers, don't you ever intimidate anybody, but you remain lawful and you do what is right and never accuse anybody falsely. And it was something to see there out in the desert. Amen. The well-off started giving to the widows and to the orphans. The soldiers stopped intimidating people and the tax collectors stopped collecting more than what they had because they believed that there was something greater than what they could see. And that was a great kingdom that was coming. Praise the Lord. 
It was this John, amen, that was not afraid to preach righteousness to people. He came to one of the wicked kings that oppressed the people by the name of Anipus. And he said, this wife that you have, that is not your wife. And it's not lawful for what you have done. And if you know the story, what happened was Anipus fell in love with his brother's wife and through extortion made them divorce so he could marry her. That is not lawful. And John called him out for it, and he said, you're going to bring a curse upon this land, and you have not pleased the Lord. I mean, the tax collectors are repenting. The Roman soldiers are repenting. The Jewish guards are repenting, and the rich are repenting. But the king would not repent, and he shut up the prophet inside of the jail. And one day came where one of his children came out and danced before him, and he liked it so much, he said, I'll give you so much, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. And she said, I want the head of John the Baptist. And they martyred, they executed John that day. And the Bible says that when this happened, that Jesus left his hometown out in the country of Nazareth. And where does he go? The lake. Isn't that where you would go, right? (laughs) You're going to set up a headquarters right there by the lake. Some of you have been to Israel. I've been there a few times. That region called Galilee, the ancient territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, it's unlike any place you have ever seen in the world. And the only way I know how to describe it is sunlight there, it doesn't just shine. It like sparkles on everything. It's like light when it hits the ground, it like scatters. And some of the greatest pictures, photographers, videographers, the greatest pictures and videos you are ever going to get in your life is right there in Galilee. It's like the place where the sun shines the brightest. And what I think wanted to happen years and years, thousands of years ago, the devil knew in God's creation that is the brightest place, and that is the place I want to bring my greatest darkness. And that territory has seen war unlike any other for thousands of years. Oppression unlike any other for thousands of years. Sin and chaos unlike any other for thousands of years. And in the time of Christ, under Roman rule, under oppression from without and from within, Families being oppressed, families falling apart, horrible things happening, having to pay high taxes. Fathers were barely even able to make it to put sandals on their children's feet. It was hard living. It was tough living. It was a people that thought that the only way really to have any type of freedom was to make covenants with these foreigners. And it got tempting to see the rich on the other side and say, Because of my God and I don't have this, I'm going to serve their God. So, so many were deceived to worship the false pagans of the Greeks and the Romans. There were religious groups that arose up and said that your religion can be about how much scripture you have memorized and how long your robe could be and how much you can show you can give. Those were the very people that Jesus said, you're a hypocrite because you're doing it all for a show. So you had religious people that had no connection to God but only looked religious for a show, a big audience. And the Lord said, they are hypocrites, they are actors. And then you had the people that didn't care about God, just tried to live in peace, people like fishermen, people like farmers, people like carpenters. It's not a pretty world. You would think the Son of God would want to step into the most beautiful, best place in the earth, but oh no, he stood where the prophet said, it's going to be the darkest territory known to mankind. And that is where our Lord moved in and walked on the seashore and started saying to fishermen, if you will follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. 
He spoke to tax collectors, if you follow me, amen, I'll give you a name in my kingdom. And they left the tax table. They left the cities. They left the fields to follow the Lord Jesus Christ because they realized they'd been walking in darkness long enough and it was time to find a true light. And they found it through the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what he preached? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Not repent, I've come here to make the kingdoms of this earth better, the kingdoms of this world better, to create a topia here on earth. Oh no, he couldn't do that because this world and this land had been cursed. But one thing he did offer the world was access into the kingdom of heaven. And I don't care how good this world is, nothing is better in this world than it is in the kingdom of heaven. And that's why they followed the Lord because they believed in something greater that would come. You know what Jesus was doing? Picking right up where John left off. That was his message. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He kept the same message, but he took it to another level. Because the Bible said that John never did a miracle, but Jesus was doing miracles every day. And he came there into that dark territory, teaching and preaching and seeing people that oppressed others repent, people that were bound by demons. He cast the demons out of their life. People that were plagued with sicknesses, he cast the sicknesses out of their body. And for the first time in a long time, the darkest territory in Israel and probably the darkest territory in all the earth, a great light had come for they were getting a taste of what heaven is like because there's no demon possession in heaven. Amen. There's no sickness in heaven in that city. Amen. You read it in Revelation. It's a city of righteousness. And Jesus brought all those things to the darkest territory. He picked up a man with a man that he followed left off in preaching the kingdom of heaven. Our bishop, since 1988, has preached righteousness to this church. I have seen this bishop restore marriages. I have seen this bishop preach and people literally run to the altar. I've seen them lay down their smokes. I remember one time we had a man get baptized and he brought in a bag full of stuff. We didn't know it till afterwards. It was full of beer and full of pipes and full of whatever. And hey man, he wanted to drown it in the waters of baptism. Our bishop has preached repentance in a way that even the most filthiest of sinners can understand. I have seen him stand for righteousness. I've seen with my own eyes him pray for the sick. Amen. And they come up out of that hospital bed. Hallelujah. I've seen him, amen, cast out devils at this altar. I've seen, amen, the very powers of the Lord Jesus Christ working with our bishop. And I've come to tell you, bishop, as you have preached it and lived it, I'm going to do it in the same manner, in the same way, and continue to do it, amen. Praise God, praise God. Praise God. I remember one Sunday morning, Back in the prayer room, we were praying. I walked in to pray. My father came up to me, just collapsed in my arms and began to sob on my suit. I thought, oh, God, what went wrong? What happened? And he said, Justin, he said the name of a preacher that meant so much to me. He said, today this preacher's got to resign because he has failed. 
And he said, son, I want you to know I've always loved your mother. And he said, son, you've only been married for a year. You've got a great marriage, but love your wife. Love your wife. And I've come to tell you, Bishop, as you have been loyal to the queen, I have been loyal to Sister Hanna. And by the grace of God and his law, I'm going to continue to be loyal. That type of preaching, that type of lifestyle, that type of power is the light that this dark city wants to see and to feel. Praise God. It is the light that the Lord Jesus Christ brought to us over 10,000 years ago. Hallelujah, 2,000 years. It is the light, amen, of the message of the Lord. You know what he taught? He said to his followers, you're going to bring light. Don't hate people. Don't hate your enemies, but love your enemies. Do good unto them. Because he said, your enemies can throw you in prison. Your enemies can sue you and get away with it. But it's very hard to do something evil to somebody who will show love to them. Hallelujah. I remember Brother Stone King back in the 90s preaching about a pastor he preached for up in New York. His pastor was walking the streets and he walked into a building, was going to knock on the door and try to win souls. And when he walked in with his Bible, he realized he was in the middle of a drug deal gone wrong. And all of a sudden, bullets and knives came out. And this preacher backed up against the wall. And all he did was held out the word of God. And he said, in Jesus' name. And somehow he got out of their safe literally with bullet holes in his suit jacket and bullet holes in his Bible. That preacher, whoever he was, was full of light. A light, amen, that the enemy could not even take down. Hallelujah. But he didn't walk in there and try to steal somebody else's gun and defend himself. He didn't try to take anybody's knife. But instead, all he did was the most powerful thing he could do in that moment is just simply hold up his Bible and say, Jesus is Lord. He has always been Lord. And that very light saved his life. Hallelujah. And I remember the story right. Amen. Some of the old tapes we've got, some of those people They were involved in that. That preacher got to teaching them Bible studies, and they got baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost, and they got saved, amen, because somebody stood up and loved them, hallelujah. He said, love your enemies. And if anything in this society, that's what we need. Get on your social media. You see love or hate? Hate. We're living in a spirit of hate, where hate is acceptable. And hatred is the norm, and it's literally driving people to madness because of hate. But Jesus brought a better message to bring light, and that was if you will learn to love people, amen, that you necessarily don't get along with, if you will show them love and affection, amen, it's only a matter of time before you love them back and peace can be restored. That is the light that I'm talking about, church. Hallelujah. If you will love your enemies, the light of God will shine, praise the Lord. He taught his followers, husbands, love your wives. Wives, love your husbands. He said, don't you look and lust, for if you do that, you have sinned in your very own heart. That is bringing the light to the world to keep the family strong, amen, and the community alive, praise the Lord. Let me tell you, the foundation of society, the backbone of it all, is the family of the living God. 
Thank you so much, fathers and mothers, for loving your children and bringing them to church. Thank you, amen, for everything you're doing to keep your family together. You know what you're doing, amen? You're doing what Jesus taught, and that is, amen, to make your foundation of your house the word of God. And when you have that, not even a flood can take away your family. Praise the Lord. That is the light of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. He taught so many foundational things. Love your enemies. Love your family. And he said, if you give your word, keep it. If you say yes, you always follow up with a yes. If you say no, you follow up with a no. You keep your business agreements. If you said, I'm going to be here at such and such a time and pay this amount, us Christians, we show up for that time and we pay that amount. That is how you bring light into a dark world, praise the Lord. Because the world is crooked. The world is chaotic. Amen. You want to get the attention of your boss, the attention of your coworkers. You show up on time. You keep the agreement. It's only a matter of time before the promotion is yours. Simply because you can be trusted. Hallelujah. That is the light of God. Amen. Amen. Jesus taught. He said, when you give, don't let anybody see it. He said, don't even let your right hand and your left hand even know what's going on. Because back then they came in and gave for a big old show. But Jesus said, if you give for a show, all you're going to get is a few eyebrows raised among the people. But you really want to have a reward in heaven, only let God see what you are doing. Never do what you do for a show, but only for God. Amen. That is where your reward is great in heaven. And after he preached foundational teachings like this and the light would begin to come on in the minds and the hearts of the people, there were some people that would cry out and scream. It was the demons inside of them talking. And the Lord would cast those demons out of those people. People that would be brought in, could not even walk or move. Jesus would lay his hands on them and they would stand up and walk. You know what's going on there? It's the light coming to the darkest region in all of the world. And I've come to tell you that great light is here with us to this day. Anybody love Kansas City? I love this city. I love this metro area. This is where I grew up. I love Kansas City barbecue. Let me tell you, there's becoming a big split and a difference between suburb barbecue and inner city barbecue. And let me tell you who's got it going on. It's the city barbecue. I was there earlier this week. Let me tell you, whew, man. They've kept that good spicy vinegar based sauce. Hallelujah. Oh, it's filled with biscuit. I like the Royals. I like the Chiefs. I'm into it. And I love all of you. And I love it, this church. Amen. Up here, we're literally on the highest part geographically in Kansas City. Think about that. The oneness apostolic holiness church is right here, up here on this mountain, praise God. The highest point in Kansas City. No way that's a coincidence. God was good to us. I got to tell you, where I drive and where I go, I'm not seeing much light these days. I don't even know really if there's much light even across America. You know what I think is going on? The same pattern that Israel got into. We have opened so much for foreign enemies to have access to this land, to our economy, to our culture, a lot of the light, amen, that this country and this state and this city used to have, it is being extinguished because of enemies. 
We now have enemies within our land. Hatred is everywhere. The family is under attack. Demon possession is rampant. Sickness is rampant. I'll tell you what, the longest line these days is no longer in the grocery aisle. It's at the pharmacy because we're plagued with sickness in this land. You know what I think is going on? Jesus is setting the stage, amen, to come back a second time in this world. In this world that's getting darker and darker and darker, he's one in a church that has more light, more light, and more light. Praise God. And there are people here in this room, you have been plagued with darkness. Darkness is in your mind. Darkness is in your heart. Darkness is in your home. And this darkness is trying to extinguish the very light of Christ, amen, that is so near unto you. Jesus preached it and taught it that the kingdom of heaven, it's not far out. But it is so close that you can reach out and touch it. It is so close, amen, like some of us say from the country, you can get a hold of it, right? You can get a hold of it. And I saw it down here, amen. I saw people walk up already to this altar, amen. With the baggage and the weight of this world upon them, as we began to sing God is in the room, I could see countenances changing, amen. As the light of God began to drive out that darkness, hallelujah. I want Kansas City to be the best city it can be. I want America to be the best nation, amen, the greatest nation that it could be. But understand this, Jesus will make things better. And if you will obey his law, naturally things in your life will get better. But understand this, amen. He did not come, amen, for an earthly kingdom, but a heavenly kingdom. And if you're looking for a beautiful utopia in this world, you're never going to find it. But the greatest thing has been opened to us, and that is the kingdom of heaven. You think about that. Where Jesus dwells, you have the opportunity to be there for all eternity in the future. Where righteousness is, where there is no darkness, you have the opportunity to be there one day in the future. And the kingdom of heaven, for some of you that feel like it's far, that you could never have God in your life. Oh, my friends, God manifested in the flesh. He preached to us. He healed us. He taught us. He ascended into heaven and sent his same spirit. And I've come to tell you today, the same Jesus is in us. And you can walk out of here healed. You can walk out of here demon free. Amen. You can walk out of here with the word of God and your foundation and save your family. Praise the Lord. Amen. If the musicians would please come. I wonder right now, if you're hungry for the kingdom of heaven, if you just where you're seated, raise your hands right now and say, God, I need the light in my life. I have had some darkness. I've had some dark days. I need a little bit of light in me this Sunday. I need a little bit of light. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. You want to know what spiritual warfare is? Many of you have been interested in it because you need it in your family. You know, it can be a really complicated thing. But understand this, in the simplest of terms, spiritual warfare is just simply turning the light on. That's when demons manifest. 
When the light get turns on, some of the most bitter people inside of their hearts, it's only a matter of time when God's light starts to make those tears come down their cheeks. People bound with tradition, when the light is turned on, amen, they see Jesus' name, baptism. They see the Holy Ghost. They see holiness. They see separation from this world. I've come to tell you, if you've been walking through a dark time, the light of God is here to shine and cast out your darkness today. Amen. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes it's hard to find words to describe what you're going through. And a phrase that I hear often, maybe you've heard it, maybe you even say it often. Somebody asks how you're doing. Anymore now, when you ask somebody how they're doing, they're going to tell you, right? I hear people say it, I'm in a dark place. I'm in such a dark place. And that one phrase means hundreds of different things and sometimes different for so many people. And what I think I've interpreted to mean when somebody says I'm in a dark place, it doesn't necessarily mean they have backslidden and sinned. It simply means sometimes a lot of their old self, their old sins are trying to creep back up on them. Sometimes, you know, sometimes what we sow, what we reap, you have to reap a little bit of what you sow, but God will help you through it all, praise the Lord. Usually when somebody says, I'm in a dark place, it means they have no hope. The darkness of this world, the chaos of this world has made them feel like they can't even be a human being. Can't be a good husband anymore. Can't be a good wife anymore. Can't be a good parent anymore. Can't work a job anymore. It's like the darkness of this world, the hopelessness that Satan brings makes you feel like you could never do it. My Bible tells me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have you ever been in a room and the lights go out and all of a sudden you go like this, whoa. Even sitting down and the lights go out, whoa. It's like when there's darkness, it's hard to stay balanced. It's hard to keep your alignment. You ever seen a third world country? Ladies that take a big pot, huge, and go down to the, to the river, the water source, and fill it up with water, and they put it on their heads, and they're able to walk back home with a big old water pot on their head. You know how they do that? These women that aren't very strong, strong-willed but not strong, how are they able to carry a water pot, 50 pounds of water? You know how they do it? They stay in alignment, and they trust the sun to keep on shining so they don't lose their way. And if you will obey the words of this Jesus, you'll stay in alignment. The Bible says his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. And if you will stick with the apostolic church and stick with this word and stick with the name and stick with the truth, amen, there's no darkness that it can ever take away your light. Hallelujah. For anybody that's wanting to come out of your dark days, I invite you to come out of your seat tonight to this altar. For anybody that is tired, amen, of darkness in your life, I invite you to this altar right now. Some of you have got demons and you know it, and I'm going to cast them out of you. Some of you, amen, that need the Holy Ghost, the light of God is going to come down upon you, hallelujah. Some of you, your mind, it's full of darkness. You can't get your thoughts together. Come down here in the light of God. Amen. It's going to correct your mind. 
Some of you that have got triggers, amen, you need the light of God. Some of you, amen, that feel oppressed day by day by day. That's the darkness of this enemy. That is the darkness of this world. I've come to tell you, amen, the light of God is going to extinguish your darkness today if you will reach out to him, if you will call out to him, hallelujah. Amen. If there's anybody that wants light from Jesus right now, the light is here. We've sung about it. We've felt it. Amen. I feel like right now, amen, the darkness is even trying to pull on some of your hearts. Don't let it. Fight that darkness and come to the light right now. I call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I come against darkness right now. I come against the darkness of demons. I come against the darkness of sickness right now. You are being delivered right now. Hallelujah. You are being set free right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you feel like screaming, go ahead and scream it out right now. If you feel like letting it go, go ahead and let it go right now. Hallelujah. This is the light of Jesus right now. This is not the light coming from the ceiling. This is the light coming from heaven right now. Hallelujah. And I feel that light right now coming down upon you right now. Come on. Come out of your darkness into the light. Come out of your darkness into the light right now. Repent for heaven is at hand. Repent for heaven is at hand. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.